0: We'll be To Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back. I'm Ryan Spilkin, and joining me today are Brenda Burl and Matthew Stubblefield. We've got stuff to talk about coming from Atlassian, about tempo, and a great bit from the Adaptivist blog. Brenda, Matthew, hi.
1: Hello.
0: Nice to see you in the New Year, Ryan. Welcome back, Matthew, to full-time gainful employment. We've missed you.
2: <laughs> Thanks.
0: It's worth noting that Matthew's been gainfully employed the whole time, just been a parent. Uh, <laughs> we're really glad to have him back. So, you know, the end of the year roundup, not a whole lot going on from the middle of December on because, you know, like like us, Atlassian, we're taking it easy. But late December, they published an article called Dear Admins, This One's For You because they want to show that they're listening and they are listening to people who are using data center.
1: It's true. uh, This article does talk about things that are for data center only. Um, The thing they have done that I really appreciate is that they have taken some of the major pain points about Jira and Confluence. Um, They talk about a custom fields optimizer in Jira software data center. Um, We as consultants, as an Atlassian partner, have done a lot of work with we're in an instance that has thousands upon thousands of custom custom fields, and having something that optimizes that addresses a pretty major pain point. Um, custom fields are often one of the culprits of performance issues in JIRA, so um, having that, even if it's just in data center, is, is definitely a, a step towards uh, helping with that. Project archiving, and again, this is JIRA software and JIRA service desk, both data center um, but this is something that's going to allow you to actually archive Jira projects, um, which is again something that's going to help with performance, and it's going to make things a bit easier to find. Um, and then they go into some of the feed or some of the feedback they've responded to with Confluence Data Center. Um, they are taking some of the processes of generating thumbnail images uh, that are very memory intensive. Um, They've actually created an external process pool to do some of those more resource-intensive tasks. Again, we're looking at optimizing performance in Confluence, Um, as well as they've introduced read-only mode, um, so that if you have to have some planned downtime in Confluence data center, uh, you just uh, switch it over to read-only mode and and do what you need to do. Um, So obviously you can't add or edit pages, but you can at least read the content, so it it does make things a lot better. Um, so those are some things that are, those are just some of the major pain points that we address as partners. And I think it's wonderful that Atlassian has listened to that feedback. Um, it would be great if those were in server editions as well, um, or cloud, but uh, definitely having them in data center is, is just awesome.
2: And it's worth noting these are not improvements you have to wait for they are already in data center we've actually talked about most of these over the course of the years they rolled out um, but if you're new to the podcast you may not have heard from, about them before so take a look at the soundcloud notes you can go out and read more about these
0: and atlassian is still soliciting your feedback it's not like just because 2018 ended they don't want to hear from you anymore or do they no they do they want to hear from that and the article uh does give you a link to submit your own feedback and hopefully influence the product cycle in future versions to come. And speaking of the product and future versions to come, right there in December, uh, while we were busy in London, um, recording a distorted podcast, Atlassian released uh, Confluence Server and Data Center 6.13.
2: Yeah, one of the real big changes here for uh, you all, server admins is the support for Adopt Open JDK eight? So many of us who have been around for a while recall that Oracle acquired uh, Java, oh, whenever back in the olden days. The day uh, of the IT crowd. Um, and for those of us who have worked with Oracle, uh, love them or hate them, I don't know anybody who loves them. Um, <laughs> so the more important bit that uh, that's worth noting is Oracle's going to stop providing public updates for JDK 8 in January, uh, now-ish, but uh, you might still need to use it. So, Adopt Open OpenJDK, uh, free to use. There's regular maintenance security updates, um, paid supports available from IBM, and Atlassian is supporting it in Confluence. Um, this is important because of their uh, support for ongoing releases. So, there are older versions of Confluence still needing that. And then, Atlassian will introduce support for Java 11 uh, in a future release.
0: Also for our European colleagues, uh, they have improved GDPR uh, flexibility in the newer version of Confluence, uh, where you can really work with a user's data, the user's personal data, and the data that they have created so that you can manage that in an, um, in an appropriate manner according to the letter of the law. Also of note is the PDF export improvement.
2: Yeah, and this is really nice. Uh, my team is currently working on a Kind of a book, a real big uh, administration reference book, and we're writing it in Confluence, exporting it, and then typesetting in Adobe Acrobat. And these PDF export improvements to be really nice. I'll be uh, I'll be pinging Christy and the other folks uh, soon in our IT group to to see about getting us upgraded.
1: Well, while we're talking about Confluence, Atlassian has also brought some improvements to Confluence Cloud, or will be bringing. Improvements to Confluence Cloud Um, as usual the article doesn't say when these changes will roll out uh, But we do have uh, some some things to look forward to Um, So one of the big things is a new editor some improvements to uh, creating and editing content Um, There's now going to be a slash command. You just type a forward slash and you'll be able to add Basically anything you want. I like that because it doesn't interrupt the flow I can just hit that keyboard shortcut um, I prefer keyboard shortcuts wherever I can, but I don't necessarily know all the keyboard shortcuts. So a slash is going to you know, really fine tune my workflow. Um, I, I love that macros are going to have a live preview while you're in edit mode. That is going to save me a lot of time, I think. Um, and this, this is what made me just laugh like giddily, like it's Christmas again, fixed width layout. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <For real. laughs> Well, welcome to the 21st century, you know. Uh, no, it's it, that is a thing that drives me crazy. And I know why it was implemented the way it was. But having that option is just going to be fantastic. Um, and it is going; these changes are going to tie in with consistent experience between Confluence and Jira. So the goal is to have the way you create pages in Confluence and the way you work with tickets in Jira to be the same.
0: I'm very interested to see what that's really going to look like.
1: I am too. I am too. Um, so the article notes um, milestones of when new experiences will be rolled out. Um, so these are going to begin rolling out this month, um, and Atlassian says the most simple customers first, based on activity and content that the new editor supports. The aim is to reach ninety percent of cloud customers by April 2019. The largest, most complex customer instances would be migrated last. So sometime between. Now-ish, and I don't know, May, you'll start seeing this new experience.
2: Um, and what's particularly interesting about this is it's it's actually kind of a big shift for Atlassian, in that uh, you get notice about changes on cloud. Often the cloud stuff just sort of rolls out, and you log in, and things look different. Uh, but the the main milestones they point out here: are six weeks prior to a migration, you can try it out. Four weeks, it's going to be set as default, but you can opt out and switch back. Uh, and, and so you're going to get some heads up. You're going to be able to try it. You're going to be able to feed back to Atlassian if you're having problems. Um, that is, it's mature. It's professional. It feels like Atlassian has taken a new and very important, very good step forward into cloud hosting and, and running a cloud service with this change. I think a lot of customers are going to be really happy about this approach.
0: And even they even mentioned that they're going to have an in-product change boarding process. And that's so different. Than in the past few the past what two years of Atlassian Cloud, it's just been like, oh hey, it's different now. Congratulations, Surprise. congratulations, you've got the newest thing. Yep. What? But now yeah. we're really starting to see them thinking about it from the customer's end, and I think that's wonderful.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Maturity and professionalism. Um, that's that's just really a, a great way for Atlassian to show we are listening. We are. We hear you. We're going to do something about it.
0: Two qualities I know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> but Ryan, you're going
2: to get an opportunity to listen soon, aren't you? Something going on in Boston?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited about this. Uh, all right. I will be at the uh, Boston Atlassian User Group on January 16th. And uh, so not just myself, but a few of uh, my Adaptivist colleagues as well. And we will be giving a presentation with our fine friends at Tempo and Tempo has published an article that I am I was just so wowed by that I thought we had to talk about it on this edition of the podcast. They have integrated um Google Calendar into Tempo to where you can now immediately convert your calendar events into time logs. And now and, this is and Tempo. before you get too excited, it is just for Tempo Cloud. It is just for it's Tempo so Cloud. I went into this thinking, oh my god. The game has changed for cloud users. So if you're on cloud and you are a Tempo user on on Tempo cloud um, and you're a Google Calendar user, which a lot of folks are, right? If you're you're one of those Google for business users like we at Adaptivist are, this is a tremendous feature. I think it's just so useful for people like me who are not always the best at keeping their timesheets up. You didn't hear that from me, but I'm not the best at it. So if you're in Boston on January 16th, come say hi to me at the Atlassian Aug. We'd love to. And the Aug is great, great members, great food and drink. And uh, I'd love to say hello. And last but not least, on the Adaptivist blog, we've got an article about Slack written by our own Danny Coleman. We've got Mr. Coleman on the line with us. Danny, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. And your article is how to become a Slack wizard with top tips and simple hacks. Danny, my first question is, why isn't it becoming a Slack party wizard?
3: Um. Oh boy. Uh, I would have to fight you there because I actually would prefer a Slack parrot personally. I'm a, I'm a party parrot guy. <laughs> I prefer the party parrots to the party wizards. And I know that's controversial around here. Oh
2: my. Yeah. Let's keep this podcast on track with some reminders to ourselves. How do we do How would we do that in Slack, Danny?
3: Yeah, so, so that's great. Uh, great question. Uh, Slack's got some really great reminder tools um, in its slash commands. You can actually just do a, a slash, type slash, and then remind, and then just kind of finish it off with uh, sort of a natural, natural English uh, description of what you're trying to do. So you could just type slash remind me at 8 a.m., to feed my cat. You could do that if you wanted. Um, But it's not the only thing you could do. Um, You can remind other people. You could say slash remind Brenda at 8 a.m. to feed her cat. Um, That's all we do here is feed cats, I guess.
1: Um,
3: And then what will happen is that, you know, eight eight o'clock, hopefully you're already online, um, you'll get a notification from Slack and uh, good old friend Slackbot will uh, give you a heads up that it's time to feed that cat.
2: It's interesting. It's kind of similar to the new slash commands that are coming to the Confluence Cloud Editor that we talked about earlier. It makes me wonder if maybe Atlassian's like, hey, slash, that's a good idea. Let's uh, let's start doing that in our other apps.
3: That's yeah, not a bad idea. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing a lot more um, overlap and interplay between Slack and Atlassian applications, considering the uh, somewhat recent. Um, What's the yeah, word? I'm partnership, to think of? right? Partnership. Yes, thank you. Some uh, the somewhat recent partnership between uh, the two. All right. So, Danny, does Slackbot have a personality? Slackbot. Um, Slackbot's kind of like the silent video game character, in that you can imagine that uh, he or she has whatever personality um, you you think it might have, right? So, you kind of imbue it with your own with your own personality. Does Slackbot sound sassy to you? Then Slackbot is sassy.
0: All right. And in the article, you advise that we make it real with emojis. What's your favorite one besides the party parrot?
3: Besides the party parrot um, and any any variation thereof, because there are plenty of them. Um, my personal favorite emoji, I, I use gr- the grimace a lot, just kind of that like wide mouthed, Teeth-bearing, ooh, kind of face. Like, ooh. I guess the fact that I use that so much may not be a great sign, but um, that's that's probably my favorite.
2: Emojis is a form of communication or something that's been kind of interesting to me because particularly in Slack where you can respond to an individual message um, with them. I'm kind of enjoying it. It relieves the social pressure for me to actually write something in response. So, Adaptivist were growing really regularly. We hire people, and then you get this message of like, Hey, we've hired this new person, followed by 70 people saying, Hey, welcome to the team person. And I'm like, I I want to just like click the thing. Welcome. Congratulations. Hooray for your anniversary. Hooray for this thing. Like Up arrow. Up arrow. Yeah.
1: This.
2: Thumbs up. Congratulations. Welcome for joining us. And I'm finding like I'm even starting to do this with my team of uh, I put something in, and it's sort of like a voting. You know, select this, enter this when you're done. You know, here's the task I need everybody to do. Click the thing when you're done. So there's some interesting things you could do with emojis in Slack to help with that task management as well.
3: Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. I'm um, just kind of gathering general feedback. Uh, you know, how does everybody feel about lunch at Portillo's? Thumbs up, thumbs down, bam, done. Last question. Do you have any favorite um,
0: extensions that are offered
3: through the app directory? Um, well, I actually make great use of the, the JIRA Um, integration for Slack um, because you can do some great stuff um, by setting up webhooks in Jira, which then sends notifications into Slack. Really great interplay between the two, keeps things nice and clean, um, especially your inbox. Uh, If if you're primarily a Slack user, then getting all your notifications in one place is going to be a huge help. Um, And then on a more fun note, there's a Slack integration called ping pong that I uh, actually set up at my previous employer that is for tracking ping pong uh, scores and victories. If you have a ping pong table in your office, mm-hmm. you can actually say like, okay, these two folks are going to go and play a game. They're going to play a match a match, yes. Yeah. Um, they're going to play a ping pong match, and then you come back after and record the score. It, it keeps like a victory tally and a leaderboard and everything. If ping pong is really serious at your at your company, then ping pong is the Slack integration for you.
0: All right, Danny, thank you so much Bye. for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, y'all. Danny Coleman's Secrets of Slack article is available on our blog, which will of course link to you in our SoundCloud description. All right. Well, that's it for this edition of Adaptivist Live. Once again, Happy New Year. We are so glad to be back with you again in 2019. Make sure that you're following us on social media at Adaptivist and be sure to visit Adaptivist.com. So for Brenda Burl, Matthew Stubblefield, and our special guest, Danny Coleman, we'll see you next time on Adaptivist Live.
3: Is that the excuse you're using? Yeah. Thank you.
0: Not hangovers (laughs) at all. (laughs) Um... (laughs)